This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So come on and let's go and enjoy another episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hey, it's me, Dr. Fuck, from Merciful Fate. Yeah! And with me this week is... Oh, yeah! Ian Wadley from... Testament. That's true. That's true. And, uh, all right, Ian, who do we have with me this week for our review? Oh, uh, a first-time guest, long-time listener. Uh, you, you all know him from the fan page. It's none other than Big Bushy Pussy Face, Nate Atchison. Hell yeah, you know where I know him from? Hey, hey. You know where I know uh, him from? I know him from my PayPal. That's right. That's right, because he's a big supporter of Thrasher Die Combat, always buying merch and CDs, and he's the man. And I love this guy. He's the greatest guest ever. Thank you. <laughs> I heard he bought all the weight that you lost. That's how much of a nuts weight <laughs> yeah, this guy right. is. Went all in his beard. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Big bushy pussy face here, invading the fucking Rock and Metal Combat podcast. I am so stoked. Ralph, you're fucking welcome. Ian, thank you. I am so glad to be here. I gotta right. say, I gotta say, uh, Nate, I've always loved this guy because, you know, he's a big supporter. And then uh, he started doing reviews because, you know, after all, everybody wants to do reviews because I, uh, you, you got the inspiration from me, right, Nate? Uh, no, it was actually your combat EP. That what, that that inspired you to, to do reviews? Yeah, go back and watch it, motherfucker. I've never been inspired to do a review until now. <laughs> okay, because I thought I thought you were doing reviews because of my YouTube reviews. No, oh. I actually I actually became a fan because of one of your YouTube reviews. You were talking about the goddamn uh, Kiss getting into the Hall of Fame and how nobody should give a fuck. And I thought I was going to be pissed off because you just popped up because all Kiss stuff pops up in my YouTube feed. And I was like, holy shit, this guy makes perfect fucking sense. <laughs> so I started watching. I joined the Rock and Metal Combat podcast page. I discovered Thrash or Die. The rest is fucking history. You both rule. Thank, right, thank you, man. You. Awesome, awesome. Um, and, uh, well, anyway, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, either way, I inspired you to start doing reviews. Okay, and, yeah. In an offhanded way, you absolutely did. Yeah. And, so it's your fault, Ralph. No, my fault. I'm proud, man, because let me tell you something. Nate does it right. Unlike a lot of people that do reviews, he does it right. He he, he, talk, he talks from the gut. He's just himself. You know, uh, I, I like I like his style of reviews because he's just, listen here, motherfuckers. And blah, 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 blah. You know, I like that. I like, and, he, and he grabs the camera and he, and he turns around in circles in his, in his house and it's just uh, very entertaining, and um, I was like, God, this guy's got it down, you know, because usually I watch people do reviews and I get bored, you know, but uh, Nate, Nate's very exciting, and, I, and I've always wanted Nate on the show ever since I've seen his first review, but, you know, me and Ian are major slackers. That's true. You know, but uh, but now we got you on the show, and I'm happy, and I, I, sent, I sent Ian a list of albums, and I even put next to Bark of the Blue, and I go... With Nate, let's do yeah. this one with Nate. You know, and he's like, "Hey, this guy hasn't bought a T-shirt in two days. We got to get him on the show." I was, like, I was like, "Okay, cool, no problem, man. Nate rules." You know, I, oh, I, yeah. I'm on PayPal right now, actually. You know, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a little sketchy to hear his opinion, quite honestly, because, uh, you know, uh, things I've also heard from this man's mouth is uh, 
Sammy Hagar has one of the greatest voices of all time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no, no, but, you know, but Nate, Nate buys Thrasher Die stuff, and he's entitled to his opinion. <laughs> Make that check payable to Ralph Vieira. That's right. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, some shit that comes out of your mouth, you know, makes no sense to me. But then sometimes, man, you're spot on. Like, what? I'm not, like, dude, what's up with the fucking beard already? I'm like, shave that shit. And he's like, no way. Because then I get Ralph's cum all over my face. And I was like, oh, well, that makes oh, sense. That's just me, guys. <laughs> so did Nate. You grow your beard, you will tickle your woman's thighs, and you'll never be able to shave it off. Yeah, Nate Nate makes sense. He already paid you, Ralph. Calm no, down. there's two shirts coming in. Oh, okay. Oh, fuck. PayPal, god damn it. <laughs> PayPal. Poor lady doesn't have any snack packs to take to school, but he's got a lot of Thrasher Dye shirts. Yeah, she's got a Thrasher Dye shirt, though. <laughs> That's right. Hey, and I gotta say, lady, she's not here. I kicked her the hell out the house because I knew I was going to be recording this today. I needed nobody around. Lady said, hey, tell Ian and Ralph I said hello. Well, well hello, lady. I'll never forget. I gave I gave lady a call. And was it, was it, it was her birthday, right? Yeah, yeah, you and, uh, and Nate filmed it. The voice message. Yeah, Nate, yeah. Nate filmed her listening to my voice message, uh, wishing her happy birthday, and she just started crying. That was. Oh, I, I showed that. I showed that to my my uh, coworker, and he was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> like, wow, that that I was like touched. I was like, "God, that's so sweet." You know, this poor girl. She actually thinks well, I'm like a rock star or something. You know? Well, I was just going to say that, man. I mean. We know you're a down-to-earth, cool guy, and you took time out of your day to do that for her. And she loves that song, Fatal Fury. She's seen the, you know, the music videos and stuff because I'm a thrasher die fucking nut swinger. And that was a weird request from a little girl turning, excuse me, nine years old. I want a message from Ralph. What? Oh shit! Well, fuck. Let me see if I can do this. So I had to get a hold of you, and oh my God, she was just crying hysterically. Yeah, so, yeah, you feel Thank it. you, and yeah. yeah, she was so. And then when you let me let her call you after, that was even yeah. better. She was such a little fangirl. And that I was go back that and was watch also that video. That was also yes, film. yes, yes. Yeah. I, I go back and watch that, and she's all, "Oh my God, I was crying." Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, just she, cracks me up. You couldn't believe, uh, you know, like it's like God. Uh, I felt like Justin Bieber, you know? Fuck Justin Bieber. That'd be like Gene Simmons calling me, dude. I'm telling you, I don't care about what the stupid shit he says. When uh, Gene he, dies, it's going to be as hard on me as hey, it is. Man, when, I mean, when, when he does call you, you have, better have your PayPal ready. I no, no, I got that reserved for Dr. Fuck. That's right. The, the last time I saw an adult make a child cry like that, I was at the park with Lee Gersman. <laughs> Ouch. Hey, it's only rape. <laughs> if they don't keep the baby. That's right. Hey, like I always say in Lee's defense, the kid did look five. Uh, you know. <laughs> God <laughs> damn. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, those Oshkosh Bagosh were, you know, creeping up and they were kind of tight. And, you know, Lee, Lee gets confused. <laughs> Do they still make those? Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, Lee's not sure, so he brings them with him. <laughs> Here, try this on. <laughs> hey, you know what? That guy, I fucking love that guy, but he made me review fucking Krabby Appleton. Fuck him. Krabby Appleton? What the fuck's that? Yeah, it watch the like review. It's horrible. He made you review Sammy Hagar? 
No, no, Sammy rules. Oh. You're wrong. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. Nate has a point there. Shut up! He already paid you, Ralph. Oh, yeah, that's right. God I, damn it. Back I, on PayPal. I got new shirts. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, now that uh, Ralph's done lathering your ass, why don't we... Uh, I'm not done. Have... I'm far from done. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Best guest ever. I forgot you need your AC fixed. <laughs> oh, fuck. Hold him back, back to PayPal. Jesus Christ, you guys are killing me. All right, but let's get into what we're talking about today. And we're talking about the 1983 album by Ozzy Osbourne, Bark at the Moon. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Ralph, oh, yeah. You, you specifically picked Nate for this episode. Was there... Was there a reason for that, or you just wanted Nate on this show, or you were just you needed no, I a, just a source of income? I just wanted him on the show, as you know. It was like okay. the first pick, and it was the first guy. I go, look, Bark of the Moon with Nate, and then you know the rest of the shows. I threw in like Bill Wang on this show and Lee on that show, but you know right. I wanted Nate on the first one. That All right. One. So it was just like you know, fuck it, let's put Nate on Bark of the Moon. I'm sure he knows the album. You know the album, right, Nate? I do. The problem is that I have the remaster. So my my whole review is be based on the remaster. No, but the remaster is like the original. There's nothing different. Well, uh, depending on which remaster he has, there's a different mix of the whole album that eliminates guitar solos and everything. Yes. No, they don't. Yeah. Shut yes. It it does. Yes. I was actually what? just reading that on Wikipedia, yes. so no I'm not sure. Well, well, there's there's two different remasters, uh, Ralph. Uh, if if you remember. There was the 95 remasters, and then there was the, the 2002 remasters. Now, the 2002 remasters uh, features a totally different mix. Wait, wait, but they actually take out guitar solos? Yeah, guitar solos were trimmed, yeah. Are you yeah, and I've actually kidding? got the 2002, yeah, and, so my reviews would be based on that. And uh, and and from what it says, uh, and you know, this is what I'm reading. The 2002 remix version of the album was met with mixed reaction. Many elements found in the original mix are not present in the remix, namely several lead guitar parts. Wow. Yes. Hey, yeah. Thank God I bought the 95 one. I never bought the 2000. Because right. I remember that those 2000 ones were the ones where they uh, changed uh, the blues yeah. and the diary. So I didn't. And plus, right. I already bought them all in 95. So why buy them again, you know? Right. Now, um, that's what I have on, on CD is the. Uh, is the uh, the '95 one, uh, but on my computer I have the 2002, which I need to get rid of because you know I compared them and uh, definitely like the '95 better than the 2002. Sick. God, yeah, that's, that really that's going to change the whole dynamic of this review. And here's the fucked up part: is two weeks ago I went into my favorite freaking flea market because we don't have a vinyl store. And I bought Black Sabbath's debut and original pressing and Black Sabbath Masters of Reality and original pressing and walked away without Bark at the Moon. And goddamn it, Ian, two weeks ago you should have got a hold of me and I would have had the album and had a better review. Mine's based on the 2002. So, so some of the things I'm going to say might be off the wall to you guys. Oh, right? No, no, I agree because I've listened to I've listened to both. And the, and the one I've listened to getting ready for this review, Nate, is the same uh, 2002 horrible butcher job. Oh well, good. You're going but, to hate but, it. But as much I, as I, I do. I, I've heard it. I've heard it a million times. So I mean, I already knew. But I mean, just listen to it. I was like, man, does this sound neutered? But um, oh, neutered's an understatement. How did but, that, how did that escape my radar? I mean, I remember reading a lot about the Blizzard and 
diary debacle, but I, I didn't hear not one word. And I, I understand, too, that's the year uh, 2000, whatever. They didn't even re, re, uh, release Ultimate Sin, correct? Uh, they didn't do Ultimate Sin. They didn't do Live and Loud. They didn't do uh, Just Live Say Loud. Yes. Live and Loud is so fucking forgettable. It's not even funny. Wait, uh, what? Did I, you just say that? Uh, no, no, no. Rules. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, Nate. You're right. You're right. What was I thinking? Nothing. Uh, I love that album. That's right. It's awesome. Uh, Live and Loud, I played a lot when it first came out, and I loved it because, you know, that was my first tour, seeing Ozzy and everything. Uh, like I said, I played this shit out when it came out, but I haven't listened to it in fucking years. That's because you're a moron. Like, Nate Nate still listens to it. Nate knows what he's saying. Oh, oh, can I rewind the tape here and give your first impression? <laughs> no way. Nate actually hasn't listened to that album in, you know, years either. And, uh, and I actually have, it sucks it's falling apart because I, I know Ralph has the same version. I have the one with the speaker grill. So do I. The, so do I. And all the so, twos. And I, so did I, but that's a painful fucking story I don't want to go into. Yeah, we don't want to hear it. But, uh... uh hey, 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 Nate, I'll sell you mine. <laughs> but hey, work. hey pal come on bitch what's up I think I am it that sucks I, I said in another episode that uh, a co-worker of mine bought the same thing and came to work that day with all the tattoos on her arm I'm like oh, oh, God. Oh, what a no, fucking idiot don't do that you save that shit like a fucking Star Wars nerd who doesn't take the shit out the package you know you gotta you gotta save the tattoos and I still have them all right. Well, Nate, when did you first hear Bark at the Moon? I was actually a late bloomer to this album. Uh, it came out in 83. I wasn't even listening to metal in 83. Well, kind of, sort of. I was listening to, like, Kiss and ACDC because my dad gave me a couple Kiss albums, which turned me on to hard rock and metal. But that's not what was played in my house. So I actually discovered this in 1987. My mom and dad had split. She was dating a guy 10 years younger than her, 10 years older than me. He was a hardcore headbanger. He showed me the video for Bark at the Moon. This was oh. Ralph? <laughs> Good call. No, no, no. This guy has short hair. Short hair. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, you fucker. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so this was Lee Gertzman. <laughs> yes, it was definitely Lee. And, Damn it, I didn't want that out. Now it's over the fucking internet. What is that all about? Uh, but no, I, I I, watched this video and I just thought it was brilliant because at that time I was kind of a nerd, but really all of us headbangers were nerds up to a certain point. We were playing D&D &D and reading weird books and such. I liked the classics, so I had read a lot of, you know, H.G. Wells and such. And, you know, the whole Jekyll and Hyde thing was cool. And I'm watching this video and I'm like, this is fucking Jekyll and Hyde meets the goddamn Wolfman, and at the time, this is the fastest guitar playing I had ever heard in my life, based on this video. I had never heard anything faster. I wasn't into thrash. 87, what was I, 12 years old? I had never heard anything so fast in my life. It turned me into a fan right away. I had no idea about Ozzy Osbourne. My dad had Black Sabbath Paranoid. He never listened to it. I inherited, excuse me, I inherited that album later. He never played it. So I knew nothing about Ozzy. I knew nothing about Sabbath. I knew fucking ABBA, the Bee Gees, CCR, 
Mo Bandy, David Allen Coe. You know, I, I just didn't know a lot of rock. I knew Zeppelin. Dad played a lot of Zeppelin. That Bark at the Moon video turned me into an Aussie fan. And in fact, with Bark at the Moon and then later The Ultimate Sin, because I discovered that even after that, I was like, oh, fuck. Well, if Elvis is the king of rock and roll, then Ozzy's the king of metal. All righty. How about you, Ralph? I uh, don't remember, uh, but obviously I was a fan before the album came out. I did see uh, Jakey e. Lee with Ozzy before the album came out because uh, not a lot of people know this, but when Ozzy did the Speak of the Devil tour, it was with Jakey e. Lee. It wasn't with Brad Gillis. Uh, I saw that tour with Vandenberg opening, and uh, that was the first time I saw Jakey e. Lee. And uh, then soon after, the very first show with Jake Lee was actually at the Oz Festival. And, right. and then after that, they went on tour, and I saw that tour. And it was uh, Tommy Aldridge, and I believe, I forgot the guy's name, the guy that had a cheese grater on his base. You know who I'm talking about? Um, yeah, uh, it, it, it was, he was short-lived. He was actually in Great White, but I don't think he did any records with Great White. But he was an, uh, I believe he was the original bass player, Great White. He had a cheese grater on back of his bass where he would cut himself. Though I don't recall him doing that live. Uh, I did see that show. Ozzy was not that great. Uh, he was drunk. He had very short hair. Um, <clears throat> well, you see, if you look at the Oz Festival footage, it was like that. I saw him soon after that. And uh, But I don't remember. I don't remember the first time I heard Bark at the Moon. It's been so long. Like, it's weird, because I remember the first time I heard Screamer for Vengeance, and it was that year. I remember Defenders of the Faith and, you know, Shout at the Devil and all these albums. But for some reason, I don't recall hearing that album. But I do remember I used to have that album on a cassette, like a 90-minute max out. One side, uh, Bark at the Moon. The other side was Born Again with uh, um, Black Sabbath. And... We would hang out in the park, me and my friends, and we'd get drunk and high, and we'd listen to that cassette over and over again. So, um, I, I've been—I've always been a fan of *Bark of the Moon*, even though I do think it is not as good as the first two albums. But I still think it's a great album, um, much better than *Ultimate Sin*. Uh, at, at par with uh, *No Rest for the Wicked*, and better than anything else after *No Rest for the Wicked*. Uh, but I don't, I can't tell you my first time I heard that album. I can't remember for the life of me. I can't remember. Alrighty. Well, um, I think the bass player you were talking about, uh, there's two bass players we had around that time after, uh, Rudy left and that was Pete way. So obviously no. it wasn't Pete way or, you know, Don Costa. That's him. And That's he, him. Used to, he, he used to be in Wasp as well. He, he, uh, but it says great white, right? Uh, it just shows him as a former member of Wasp, but I believe he did spend some time in Great White. Yeah, if you Wikipedia him, you'll see it. But uh, but uh, I, I got this this one. This would be my second Ozzy album. Uh, first one was Ultimate Sin, and you know my dad had the Sabbath records, but you know I wasn't listening to him at that time. Uh, saw the video for Shot in the Dark, and, that, and that's all it took, man. I was fucking hooked. Uh, yeah. and, and then I would go back through Columbia House and and get, you know, all the Ozzy up to that point. 
except for Speak of the Devil. Speak of the Devil I got later, but, you know, I definitely got Bark at the Moon and Diary and Blizzard. Uh, but before I got Diary and Blizzard, I got Bark at the Moon. And uh, I, I loved it at the time. I don't know how well this album has aged. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into it as we go track by track. But, uh, you know, uh, Jakey Lee is my favorite Ozzy guitarist. Now, I'm not going to say he's the best because, you know, probably a lot of, oh, God, Ray, Randy may be technically better. I But I thoroughly enjoy Jakey Lee, and, and I enjoy what he's done since he left Ozzy. You, you know, with, with Randy, I you know, there's no denying what he did with Ozzy. But that's really all I, I, I like from Randy because I've heard the Quiet Riot albums and they do nothing for me. Uh, but there's no denying, yeah, you know, no denying his playing. Uh, with Ozzy, but uh, Jake, I've just always loved his tone. He's one of my three favorite guitar players from the '80s because I do consider, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen, of course, you know, '70s because the first albums came out in the '70s. But out of the '80s, the guitar players for me were Jakey e. Lee, George Lynch, and Warren Demartini, and, and and then everybody else was like way, you know, below them. You know, and people are gonna say, well. Oh, Dimebag, you know, Pantera, you know, made albums. No, no, no. To, to me, he's 90s because that's when, you know, they came on my radar with, uh, you know, with Cowboys and everything. But, uh, you know, those three really shaped my opinion of what a guitar player should sound like. And I, I think they set the bar way high. Uh, you know, you know, and I, I love Badlands. I love, you know, uh, A Fine Pink Mess, uh, Mist is an instrumental CD he did. Uh, I enjoyed Red Dragon Cartel. I just think he has a great tone and a great sound. He used to play with, you know, Rat and Rough Cut before Ozzy. But, you know, most people, you know, the first time they know him is with Ozzy. And uh, I, I really love what he brought. And I, I think I've never heard a guitar player, um, you know, that's with Ozzy nail Jakey e. Lee. And I, I, I love Zach Wild. I love Zach Wild. But to me, he can never do Jakey e. Lee right. And, you know, I saw him with Joe Holmes, and Joe Holmes couldn't nail I mean, I've never heard anybody play Bark at the Moon properly, in, in my opinion. You know, nobody does any. And Jake even, uh, there was an interview where he talks about it, he, and he gave praise to Zach. He's like, man, he can't play Bark at the Moon right. And and, and he and it's, it's cool because he did a, you know, he was playing on guitar like, here's here's what Zach did. And you're like, well, that, 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 that does sound close, but then he plays it like, fuck, that's the album dude just nailed it have you and heard course, jake do over the mountain uh i think i have on a bootleg but i you know i, I couldn't tell you right offhand you can't I, do it right yeah i'm sure i'm sure nobody can nail that solo like randy did nobody and there yeah, is a randy good there is there is a good quality of jake doing it at the us festival there's uh you know that's you know it's a good radio quality of him doing it and it's it's pretty bad and, yeah. But I've heard, you know, look, Striper covered it. It's on numerous tribute albums. I never heard Zach Wilde play Over the Mountain because Ozzy eliminated it from the set. But Joe Holmes did it on some melody thing, and I was at that show, and it was horrendous. Nobody can do Over That's the one solo nobody can fucking do is uh, Over the Mountain. Right. Oh, no, and like I said, I, I give all the respect, uh, you know, to Randy. But just there, there's something about... Uh, Jake, that I just love that that that. But uh, all right, wait, let me ask you a question. And you know, I know everybody has you know it's an opinion, and, and and I respect your opinion if you feel like 
Jakey Lee is a better guitar player than Randy. Okay, that's your opinion. But uh, do you really think that musically he wrote better songs than Randy did? Uh, as a composer. As as a composer, uh, no. That's why I wouldn't say he's a better guitar player. I just say I prefer. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, and and, and, and to to me, the the best, uh, you know, best, best Ozzy album will always be Diary of a Madman. Yeah. You know, yes. you know, Diary of a Madman, in my opinion, uh, buries, buries fucking uh, Blizzard. I, and, and there's half a Blizzard I love, half I'm like, uh, but to me, Ozzy will never top uh, Diary. There's only one song I'm like kind of am about, but that is. The best sounding album, the best you know, you know, guitar and song wise, and and, and to me, Diary is the only uh, album Ozzy ever did solo that I would consider uh, on par with Black Sabbath. Uh, I would that, I would say Blizzard would be just as good if it sounded like Diary. But uh, unfortunately, I like I've said in past episodes, right. I'm not a stickler for production, but boy, Blizzard does bother me. See, I, I, I don't I don't have the problem with the production that you do with Blizzard. To me, it all comes down to songs. I just think there's some some weak songs. But you know, you know, I, I think Ozzy's whole solo career like definitely pales in comparison to Black Sabbath. I mean, I, as much as I love Diary, I'll take Never Say Die over Diary. And I love and I and I and I love Diary. Now I. You know, you know. Let's be straight here. I probably wouldn't take Diary. Uh, I mean, I probably wouldn't take Technical over Diary. That that'd be the only one where I think you know Ozzy Solo has an edge. But I'm definitely a, a more of a, a Sabbath guy than I am Ozzy Solo. I'll take I'll take the first album up to Sabotage over Diary, but never say die. No, and you know how much I love that fucking album. Oh yeah. You know? But uh. Yeah. But no, I, I, I do love Jake, and I, I love what he brought. In my opinion, Jake really didn't come into his own uh, until Ultimate Sin. I know, Ralph, Thank you, you're not a big fan of that. but no, I, think, I, I think he was way better on Bark at the Moon, 100 but, times better. Well, and, and I'll get into this as, as, as we get into the songs, but, but I'll tell you what, I'll just, I'll just save it for the review. And why don't we go in, uh, we'll take the first track and... Uh, Big Bushy Pussy Face, why don't you talk about the title track? All right, Bark at the Moon. Uh, man, I fucking love this song. That opening riff, it just, God, it fucking rips. It's a, like I said earlier, it's the fastest thing I'd ever heard to that point as far as metal goes, because I had never discovered thrash at that point. I, I came from a shelter household, so, yo, shut the fuck up. The bass, he's just punishing. And then Bob Daisley, he's doing this weird, it's like a, a, a triplet or a double. It's just fucking amazing. Let's just say it's something Nikki Six couldn't do. Yeah. Never, never in a million fucking years. The keyboards, okay, they're present, but they're not too forward in the mix. I can deal with it. The drums are so solid. But that fucking solo, I don't know which solo I like more. I don't know if I like the solo in the middle of a song more or the outro solo more. I know this is Jake E. Lee fucking shining, stepping up, saying, look, I know Randy's gone. I know Ozzy's depressed, but bitch, there's a new fucking man in town and he just kills it. Great fucking song. Love this song. There's there's nothing wrong with this song at all. Ralph? 
Yeah, uh, I will. I, I I agree with you. Like the solos are just amazing on the song, but I would have to go with the the outro solo because it's just so fucking killer, and you can tell it's hard as fuck to play. And when you see oh, him yeah. play it, his fingers are stretching like a motherfucker. Love it. The only thing I hate about this song is a goddamn video. Oh my god, can I, I cannot stand that video. Man. <laughs> that video is so horrendous, and it's, I don't know, man. It just that that video really bothers me. But other than that, the the song is fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, and you know the thing about Bob Daisley. <clears throat> That nothing, you know, always people talk about, oh, Bob Daisley wrote this, Bob Daisley wrote that. Well, let me tell you something. Bob Daisley, what nobody ever talks about Bob Daisley is his bass playing. And his bass playing is fucking awesome. You wouldn't know this shit with Rainbow because, you know, uh, he didn't have that freedom that he had with Ozzy because Ozzy, obviously, like, this guy wrote a lot of the music with Randy and Jake. Because I remember Jake also uh, wrote a lot of Bark at the Moon. Some, some of Bark at the Moon was from a Rough Cut song uh, that he did with Rough Cut back in the day that was never recorded. But he brought it to uh, Ozzy. And uh, as we all know, the album says music and lyrics all written by Ozzy Osbourne. Right, right. Which is, you know, even, even me that, that defends Ozzy to, to, to the grave. I, you know, come on, give me a break. Uh, but... Um, uh, yeah, uh, definitely tied for my favorite song on the album. It's just such an amazing tune. I, I love Bark of the Moon. It's a total classic Ozzy song that's never off his set list ever since this album came out. It's continuously on the set list because it's a fucking Ozzy classic. It really is. Uh, it deserves all the praise it gets. Not overrated whatsoever. And it was a great introduction to Jakey Lee. So people can see this is the guy that's replacing Ozzy. When you hear it, you're like, fuck, man. Job well done. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. So I love it. I love Bark of the Moon. Fucking exceptional track. And and to me, the highlight of the whole fucking song is Jake Lee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys hit on a lot of great points. I mean, just classic. What a way to usher in uh, Jake. And this is by far the best guitar riff that Ozzy's ever written in his life. Because I don't know what you're looking at. My writing credits say everything by Ozzy Osbourne. That's true. Uh, he took credit away from uh, Sharon Osbourne, who wrote all the drum parts. <laughs> That's right. And uh, the bass parts by the great Nikki Six. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, no, this um, amazing track. And that fucking riff. I mean, just the, you know, you know. Not even the solos, but just that chugging fucking rip that is so fast. Uh, you know, what's, uh, one thing we haven't touched on is, is right before he got Jake, it was going to be George Lynch. Yeah. George Lynch! Holy yeah. fuck, it's in my notes. That's hilarious. Yeah. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, apparently uh, what really fucked him was a bad haircut, you know, with that fucking horrible blonde streak. Yeah. And uh, they ended up giving the nod to Jake. And, ridiculous mullet. And I would have, I would have loved to hear what uh, you know George could have done with this because as much as I'm a huge uh, Jakey e. Lee nut swinger, you know I talked about you know my top three of the '80s. Uh, Jake is actually the bottom of those three. I would go Lynch, Demartini, and then uh, Jake. But I mean that's that, that, that's no slam. It's still high praise. 
But oh my God, I could imagine what George Lynch could have done with this if, if given the freedom to, to truly play what he wants to play. And um, like I said, I I feel Jake really came into his own on, on the next album rather than this. But this is the one where it's like, okay, yes, you are safe. You know, you know, Randy's gone and everybody's mad. But man, listen to this shit. But unfortunately, I think it stops this track. Uh, because I, I, I feel in the rest of it, not that there's anything bad or incompetent on Jake's part, but even when he's playing stellar, I believe that everything is drowned out by the horrible keyboards on this fucking album. Fucking keyboards! Thank you, brother holler. The, 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 the fucking, if, if, you know, there's one time where Sharon's not the biggest villain, it's this, because the biggest villain to this, well, there's two of them, uh, uh, Don Airy and fucking uh, Max Norman for allowing this shit. Uh, because the keyboards kill this. It, it, you know, what's funny is as much as I love Ultimate Sin, I went back not too long ago and watched a, a video that I watched all the time as a teenager, the uh, the the Ozzy video from the Ultimate Sin tour. And it was unwatchable now because the keyboards drowned everything out. Like, you could hardly hear Ozzy over the fucking goddamn Final Countdown keyboards. And, oh, and, that's so funny you say that. And, and, well, and yeah, that's... I mean, I, I think the keyboards drowning out uh, those songs was a plus. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're. I, I know you're not fuck a fan. Fuck that album, I, dude. Fuck. I'm sorry, but fuck that album. Secret Loser, Shot in the Dark. That's it. The rest is garbage. Yeah, I disagree. Fuck. I disagree. Oh, thank God for the bomb. Ultimate Sin. No. What? Thank God for the album. bomb. Oh, that's right. You're right. <laughs> Never. Oh, Nate just woke me up. He's right. Yeah, yeah. Checks in the mail. That's Fire right. in the sky. Uh, but but, you know, but whatever. No, that was a different Fire album. Fire in the sky. Different album, dude. But yeah. Still right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate's like, Nate, Nate, Nate's like, last in line. Uh, rock you like a hurricane. Uh, oh yeah. Fucking talk dirty to me. Yes. Uh, but but no, this is Nate Fury. Yeah, exactly. Uh. This, this one is pure perfection. Uh, yeah, there's a reason it never left. Incredible, but still, nobody can do it like uh, like Jake. The same way, you know, nobody can re- fully do Randy like Randy. All right, well, then we go into You're No Different, uh, which is this is no different than You Can't Kill Rock and Roll, only not as good. Uh, it, it's not bad, but here you see a trend where it's like the same old shit coming out of Ozzy. And I, I think over this album... It, definitely a major step down from the from the first two albums and and, and not only musically but uh, lyrically and and you know I would blame Bob Daisley but Ozzy wrote everything on this album so I, I, I gotta slam Ozzy a little bit but it's it's like the same theme over and over again um, I, I do like this song but man Don Airy just fucking just kills it there's there's a few songs in here where he's on point and it actually adds to the song. But here it definitely takes away and drowns everybody else out, especially on the horrendous uh, 2002 mix. I think Don Airy remixed it just to, just to make himself sound uh, you know, more prevalent. But uh, n- not a horrible song. Like I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me sound like I like the song less than I do. But, uh, man, you take away the keyboards from a lot of these songs, and it would be better. Uh, but this one, yeah, just too much, 
goddamn Final Countdown keyboard shit to me. What do you think, big bushy pussy face? Ugh. Right from the start, this song fucking annoys me. I hate the keyboards. Like I said, I've got the 2002, you know, remaster, so I don't know if that's any different. The pacing fucking sucks. How the hell are you going to hit me with Bark at the Moon and then slow me down like that? I was so ready for a great album to get disappointed like this. Jakey Lee is so underused on this track. Lyrically, I kind of get it. Ozzy was getting blasted. You know, the evangelists were messing with him. You know, Sharon was messing with him. Everything was just all fucked up. He's trying to cope with Randy's death. I'd expect to hear this shit out of fucking Europe. Like you said, actually, my notes say that. I'd expect to hear this kind of shit from Europe, not Ozzy. I am not a fan. I do not like this song. Uh, what do you think, Ralphie boy? On uh, risk of uh, losing a little money, I love this song. And uh, let me tell you, um, the only complaint I have about this song is the placement on the album. I don't think it's, I think it's a horrible song to follow, to be on the second track on the album. Too mellow. It should have been Now You See It, Now You Don't, or Rock and Roll, Rebel, or, you know, something else. And I think this should have closed out side one. Or, you know, I can even accept it as the third track, but not the second track. Uh, Thank key- you. Keyboards, Thank do- you. keyboards do not annoy me. Uh, I love everything about the song. Never played live, yet it it was on the Osman Cometh, Greatest Hits, oddly enough, which is weird. Um, right. But I really do love this song. I think the song is uh, great. It was, this was at a time where Ozzy was the main focus on, uh, you know, Bible thumping, uh, record burning evangelist. Uh, there used to be, yes. uh, I, I have it on VHS somewhere. It's really good. Uh, um, uh, it was a, church, a show on satanic music, you know, church, you know, propaganda thing. And I, and I love shit like that, you know, because it's so bizarre. You know that um, crazy. Uh, and I grew up in the church. I'm there. Yeah, Ozzy was the number one, uh, the public enemy number one with all these church, uh, church Bible bumpers. But uh, and this was kind of his, um, you know, his retaliation against them, where I think he nailed it better with Miracle Man because of Jimmy Swagger. But this was his way of saying, look, you know, you're no different than me. But then again, I mean, we are Ozzy. You know? I mean, not everybody snorts fucking ants. But, right, uh, right, right, right. You know, he, On the crew, baby. You know, or bites the head off doves and, you know, and shit like that. And, uh, but um, I love this song. I think it's a great song. I just hate the placement of it. Always did. Because I remember back in the day going, man, why is this the second track on the album? It's too mellow. You know, it should be... Thank you. It should be like a heavier track, you know? But whatever. I, I still like the song for what it is. But yeah, it does bother me that it's placed where it is. So the next song... Uh, is a now you see it now you don't where he's never played this live yet the last time I saw Jakey Lee Red Car- uh, Cartel he played it live and nice. uh, yeah which was awesome to see Jake play this live uh, awesome song really awesome a little unorthodox with the ooh yeah 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 ooh ah. I love that part I love it too <laughs> but it's just so weird and so out there you know but it, you know, it also goes with the the madman motif, you know, the fucking insaneness of Ozzy Osbourne, but I love the melody. I love the keyboards. I know the keyboards drowns it out, but I love that. Of a very woman, a 
making it so hard for me. Wee, 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 wee. I love that shit, dude. I know it's weird and it's out there. And, but, dude, there's something. You know, I'm not really a keyboard fan. I, I, how does that go? Wee, wee. Let's do it again. Wee, wee, wee. I love that shit. It's just so out there and it's so out. You know, it's this song has a lot of like left turns. Like, what the fuck was that? You know, but but I love it. And then that riff, dan, da, dan, da, da, dan. You know, it's like, oh my god, the opening, dan, 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 dan. It just fucking rips. This song rips. It's awesome. I love the melody. I love the the, the weirdness of it. Uh, I remember. See, I I was by the way, I was front row. Uh, still got my ticket. Front row to see. I got to tell this story because this is a great story. Um, I'm going to build it up a little bit. Uh, when I was a kid, my parents went on vacation and my brother did what all bad kids do. Throw a party at my house while my parents were gone. And and we, you know, I invited all my friends. And one of my friends of friends and friends uh, down the line knew a guy called Sal. Now, Sal... He owned a big yellow school bus, and he was in a group called the Ozziers. What the Ozziers was, there was just a bunch of metalheads that drove around in a school bus that had, you know, uh, a lot of graffiti on the on the bus, like Ozzy and shit like that. And uh, they had a pet ha- uh, guinea pig called Ozzy inside the cage. Well, anyway, I had this party. All of a sudden, this big fucking yellow school bus pulls up in front of my house bunch of long hair freaks walking out most of them older than me they were like maybe 20 or something and they come in my house they're all have alcohol my my house in the backyard had trees and i'm telling you dude the trees were covered with metalheads drinking beer hanging off trees and there was this one guy in my in my living room they brought this big big bushy white dog (laughs) and my my, uh kitchen was ceramic was ceramic tile and this one guy passed out on the dog. He had his head on the dog like a pillow, but he had a cigarette in his mouth. And uh, and he turned and the cigarette was lit and burned the dog. The, bur- the dog jumped up. The guy fucking, his head, bam, hit the fucking uh, cement, uh, 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 tile floor, bleeding and still asleep. We had to wake him up, make sure he was okay. It was just a little cut, but still. And another guy was like, he found perfume, and he looks at the perfume, and he's like, whoa, 2% alcohol, and he downs it. That was the Aussies. Well, anyway, Sal, Sal, and then I became, I, these guys were gods to me, because I was like, oh, my God, these guys are awesome, you know? I was like, and, oh, yeah, by the way, that party I had actually had a band. We actually had a band set up in the backyard. I actually still have pictures of it. We had a band back there playing. During our party, tell me if that ain't a party. Anyway, so um, so Sal, the head guy from um, from he was the the leader of the Oscars. I dude, that guy's a god because we went to this Hollywood Sportatorium. I think it was either the Scorpions or I forgot what show it was. We're there, and there was these bullies there that came up to us, started picking on like three three big fuckers came up picking on us. Fucking Sal walked by, kicked all their asses, all three of them. He kicked their asses at the same time. I'm like, this guy is a fucking god. So, you know what I mean? And then Sal, I remember Sal coming to my house one day, going through my records, and he sees Unleashed, and he goes, hey, Ralph, can I borrow this? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> of course. And, 
Anyway, so Sal, check this shit out, because this is back in the day. Not like buying tickets today. Back in the day, if you would sleep out, you would get front row. What did Sal do? Sal bought all of the front row, the whole front row, to uh, the center and the side. I don't, he didn't get like the left side, but he got the center and the right side. Bought all the tickets and sold it to all of us. We all went on the Ozier bus. We were front row, Motley Crue open, and we saw Ozzy and Motley Crue front row. And that was one of the best times I ever saw Ozzy because Ozzy sounded great that night. And that's my Ozzier story. And, uh, well, one part you left out of the story is Sal actually got up and played bass for Motley Crue because Nikki was so terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Sal played it better. And, and Sal played Exactly. And, and oddly enough, that was the first time Sal ever touched the bass. Exactly. <laughs> well, of course, of course. So all hail the Oz years. It was spelled O-Z-Y-E-A-R-S, not O-Z-Z. They spelled it O-Z. I, maybe because they were drunk. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, a, it's OZ as it seems. And then after that, we saw the I saw the Power Slave tour with uh, in the Ozier bus. We saw the uh, oh my god, Deep Purple, Perfect Strangers in the Ozier bus, like 84, 85. Where is the bus in Sal now? Sal, last I heard, he moved to California. The bus, Lord knows. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, man, those were some glorious years, man. Those were some glorious times. The Ozbergs, God bless them. Anyway, so uh, what was I talking about? Well, now, uh, now you don't. Yeah, they never played it live. I saw Jake do it live, and I love the song. There you go. All right. Well, uh, I lo- this is the best fuck you to share it ever. Um, I, now, now I think it's superior to this album is Born Again. But to me, besides the two horrible instrumentals, the weak track on Born Again was Digital Bitch which was another dig it share. But this is... Damn, I love that song. Me too. I do too. But you know what? In Ian's defense, <laughs> a lot of people hate Digital Bitch. I love that fucking song. I love Digital Bitch. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's one... Uh, I mean, I, I, I like it better now than I used to, but it was always like the... Eh. But like one of my favorites, and I think like Mike Sears is the only one that agrees with it. Like one of my favorites is Keep It Warm, and a lot of people hate Keep It Warm. I said on my original, and I still stand by it, I said it's my least favorite song on the album, but I love that song. But I love Born Again. I think that album, every song rules. Even the song yeah. that didn't make it, The Fallen. That, 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 let, let me ask you this. Oh, I, I do love The Fallen. Uh, which do you like better, Born Again or, or Bark at the Boat? Oh, no, no contest, Born Again. Nope. All right. So, so anyway, this was, I mean, I know the credits say uh, written by Ozzy, but of course the lyrics were written by Bob Daisley, and this was a huge fuck you to share it and and bob daisley even said like wow i can't believe this even made it on the album but i think back then sharon stuck more to the business side you know later in ozzy's career uh you know especially with the the last few solo albums she was very prominent in like bringing in you know the outside songwriters to to try to help propel ozzy and keep him current but i think back then she really stayed on the music side of it was more just about the business because if she would have listened to these lyrics, there's no way it would have got on the fucking album. And I, you know, you know I'm surprised Ozzy even sang them. But you know, probably Ozzy was a little bit like, "Hey, yeah, you are an overbearing woman." Uh, but this, you know, now you see me, now you don't. A uh, couple of words that got stuck in your throat. 
it's, uh, I mean, and he talks about, uh, you know, this is why he kept, you know, staying with Ozzy and then leaving Ozzy was because of Sharon. And the whole thing was a fuck you to her. And this is a great, uh, like, you want to talk about a deep track on the album, it'd be this. Because like you said, it wasn't played live. And you don't see a lot of people talk about it when it comes to this album. But then again, for the most part, when you hear about this album, you, you know, all you get is uh, the title track. You know, and I believe it was the only one that survived in the set list, you know, past this tour. Uh, at uh, one point, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I was about to say Fire in the Sky, but that's, that's the next one. I mean, um, <laughs> not Fire in the Sky, Killer Giants. Great song. Yeah. Killer Giants made Killer... the set list on, during stream. And it should, because yeah. Killer Giants rule. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. true. Yeah, true. yeah. I, I was like, never played. PayPal, PayPal. <laughs> Yeah, Ozzy yeah. never played Karis Umbrella after this album came out. Yeah, uh, but uh, no, I, I love it. I love it. This is a great one. Uh, what do you think, Big Bushy Pussyface? Oh, now you see it, now you don't. Finally, because I, oh, fucking, you're no different. Fuck that song. Now you see it, now you don't. We're back to some good rock and riffage at the start. <laughs> you know? The lyrics tell me he's kind of struggling with dealing with Sharon being overbearing. It's funny, that's actually in my notes, and Sharon being overbearing could be wrong. Thanks for agreeing with me. The <laughs> excuse me, the rhythm section is fucking laying it down. Holy fuck, those drums and bass are ridiculous. It's just solid. But then it gets to the fucking chorus, and it's, again, 2002 remix, so I don't know. More keyboards, too forward in the fucking mix. I, I don't like that fucking... I, I, I like Europe. Ozzy shouldn't have all those goddamn keyboards. I don't like that shit. I do like how he sings the chorus. It's kind of weak, though. Especially... Now you see it, now you don't. What the fuck? And then you got a cool, cool, really good Jakey e. Lee guitar solo. And I actually love the ooh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit's so fucking awesome. Wait, wait, wait how'd that go? It said, it went ooh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's how it goes. Yeah, but I don't know who this is. Well, of course I do it better because I'm not high on fucking ants. That's true. Yeah, and I got shirts coming up. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Hold on. I got uh, PayPal. Yeah, PayPal. But I don't know if it's um, uh, the copy that I have, because like I said, I passed up buying Bark at the Balloon to get fucking Black Sabbath debut and Masters of Reality. And Wise choice. I'm sorry, good choice. To me, on the copy that I have, the song just kind of ends abruptly. It just stops. It's weird, it's very weird, but I dig the fuck out of it. I don't hate this song. I don't think it's the best song on the album. <laughs> By fucking far. It's way different than You're No Different. We're way better than You're No Different. But, nah, I, I dig it. It's a good song. I like it. All right, well, why don't you take the next one, then, while you're on a roll. Rock and Roll Rebel. Oh, fucking Rock and Roll Rebel. I love this shit. This is Ozzy saying, fuck off. I will not back down from what I do, what I believe, what I'm going through. Think how you want. It's who I am. I love the riff. I love the fucking guitar fills by Jakey e. Lee. I love this line. I'll give you no bullshit and I'll never pretend. 
Dude, I heard this shit as a kid in 1987. Okay. Uber Christian conservative household. You weren't allowed to listen to anything bad. I heard that it's just because the fact that it said, I'll give you no bullshit and I'll never pretend. I was like, fuck yeah. It was just the greatest thing I'd ever heard. Cool solo. I think the guitar solo is maybe too short. That could be because I had the remaster version. But on the outro solo, on the 2002 remaster that I have in front of me, holy fuck, he just nails it. I think this is a great way to close that side of the album. I think, you know, two or three should have been swapped. You know, now you see it, now you don't put it to, you're no different at number three, and then close with Rock and Roll Rebel. Rock and Roll Rebel's a great fucking song. I love everything it stands for. I'm a fan. Love it. Ralph? Yeah, I agree. Um, always <laughs> loved it uh, since the first time I heard it. Uh, it was uh, very much um, a rebellious, you know, it was a perfect song for the perfect time in my life because, you know, I was at this time a fuck up kid, um, you know, hanging out, doing drugs, doing all the bad things. I, you know, I, I mean, you know, the difference is I actually did, believe it or not, graduate high school, but then I kind of did shit different. Like I did everything high school dropouts do after I graduated high school. I hung out, I did drugs, I, I, you know, I I literally did run away from home, but, you know, I was I was 17 years old, and I couldn't take living in my household anymore. I love my parents to death, I, you know, my parents are my heroes, I love them, but living with them was a fucking nightmare, you know, I couldn't even bring a girl in my house, you know, it was weird, you know, my dad wouldn't allow me to bring, I used to fuck girls in parks and shit, you know, because I couldn't, I couldn't, or, or I, Man, I mean, there was one time I fucked a girl in her house. Parents came home and I spent about two hours in the closet until the parents went in their fucking bedroom. You know, I mean, there were times I would listen to my, my headphones in my room and my dad would pound on the door, lower that, on my fucking headphones, you know? And uh, it was just hell, you know? My parents are the best, but living with them, they're the worst. Very conservative. So this song spoke to me because it's like, I'm a rock and roll rebel. I'll tell you no lie. They say I worship the devil. That's the one thing I got to give my parents. My parents were clueless when it came to Satan and music. They, and no, man, I used to have a poster on my wall of Angus Young with little horns on his head. And they still didn't do the thing. They didn't make a connection. You know, so I, that's one good part. You know, I, I got to say about my parents. They were clueless about, you know, the Satan, Satanism and the... You know, because I used to have that Merciful Fate album with the fucking naked girl, you know, the EP. The naked girl with the satanic uh, thing on the cross, the pentagram. They, oh, you had it made, brother. Yeah, they, um, they still didn't get it, you know? Man, my, my, my grandmother, um, when, growing up, I lived with my mother's uh, mother, you know, you know, my, my mom's mom, uh, during the week. And she really freaked out when I got into heavy metal, and I had a... I had a black light in my in my room, and I had a black light poster that was the cover of uh, uh, "Number of the Beast." And I remember on the weekends I would go stay with my with my father's parents, you know, because they had cable, <laughs> you know, you know. So on the weekends I'd go there and stay and watch HBO. But uh, I remember coming back one weekend and she had ripped down the the "Number of the Beast" poster because she thought I was getting into Satanism. You know what's funny about that is because. I grew up in a household where I was 
tried to be convinced that Black Sabbath were all Seventh-day Adventists and it turned to Satan, because that's what I am. I'm a baptized Seventh-day Adventist. That was fucking 30 years ago. And well, I had to miss out on all this rock and metal. Like, you guys talk about going to see an Ozzy. I am so envious because my first concert was in 1996. Holy shit! When yeah. I got to see the KISS reunion tour. Wow. I was not allowed to go to concerts. And that's all I got to say. All right. Well, rock and roll rebel. Um, hey, can I finish saying what I was saying? Uh, I haven't even talked about oh, I'm sorry. I was like in the middle of it talking about the devil oh, part. Now all of a sudden went, out, went into this whole tirade. I know, uh, right? I like the song. What do you think, Ian? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's all right, but I've heard it all before. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And and you're gonna hear it after but, from uh, Ozzy. Yeah, I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not a horrible song, but to right. me, it's it, it's a stock Ozzy yeah, yeah. song. It's not. It, it's not like the the brilliance of uh, Ultimate Sin. I got you. Yes. Uh, Ralph, why don't you take the next song, which is "Center of Eternity," aka "Forever." Is that how you pronounce it, "Center of Eternity"? Because it doesn't. It's not spelled "center," was it? Yeah, it's spelled "century." Century, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, like Century Village. You're right. Um, but do you pronounce it "century"? No, because no, in the song he says "center." Yeah, right? like he said, it's Canadian, so we it's don't know. Canadian, what, yeah. We don't know what this is all about. A boot. <laughs> uh, perfect song to start side two. Uh, it's got that eerie intro, kind of Mr. Crowley-ish with the monks. Oh, I love that shit. Um, I was happy that this was on the set list. Rockin', kick-ass, Jake Smokin', the whole band, Aldridge. Um, I love this song. I still love this song. This is a... Another one of those standout tracks on the album. Um, it rocks hard, so probably Ian don't like it. Well, let, let, let's hear what Big Bushy Pussyface thinks about it. Oh shit, you want my opinion? I tell you what, I fucking love this song. It's my favorite on the album. I love how it sounds like Ian, or Ralph, like you just said. It's like almost monks training in the beginning. I even love that epic Phantom of the Opera, you know, yeah, it's, it's a Broadway thing, but those organs right after the fucking chanting, then that fucking song just kicks in overdrive. Holy fuck, it's so heavy. Keyboards, yeah, they're a little overbearing in the chorus, but you know what? I can fucking deal with it because Jake is killing it. The fills that he's doing during the chorus are sick. Great pinch harmonic squeals. It's everything you expect. Facts and love in an Ozzy Osbourne song. The bridge is bad. I don't like the keyboards at all. And the flanger on that guitar part is just fucking weird. But I love the guitar solo. Bob Daisley's laying down a solid bass line. Dude, it's just cool. The drums are sick. I don't actually mind the keyboards in the end either. It's a great fucking tune. It's my favorite song on the album. Wow. All right. Well, Ralph knows me oh too much <laughs> because, uh, I, again, I don't hate the song. It's not bad, but it's not the epic it thinks it is. I mean, you know, this is trying to be like the, you know, the diary of a madman. 
and it's not. Oh, um, I disagree. That comes later. But, uh, you know, this this was a cool part of the tour, though, because this is where, you know, they would have contests in every city where, you know, th- you know they would do the, the intro and people would come out in the monk outfit, you know, and, and bring the chalice to Ozzy. Uh, Eddie Trunk always talks about how, you know, he got to come out, you know, and there's pictures of him in his book where he's coming out, you know, in the hood monk, you know, giving the shit to Ozzy. And I believe somebody stepped on his fucking, uh, his fucking cloak and he almost dripped. But he said it stunk so bad because you could tell, like, they they never washed the outfit that the guest had to wear. So he said it was quite, uh, stinky. But, uh, uh the, the song's not bad. I, I think the intro is too long, but when it gets into it, I love that, like, ripping riff. You know, it's, it's like, really fast. I, I, I do like the way Ozzy's, like, spitting out the lyrics, you know, like... Like yes. real fast and shit. That that part of it I do love. I just I I think it, it, it tries to be more epic than re- what it really ends up being. But uh, you know, not 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 horrible, but you know, definitely uh, far from my favorite. You know, my favorite's definitely the title track. But then we go into a song that makes it sound like fucking Achilles' last stand, oh. and that and that is the horrible so tired and oh. God, you know, it, it's it's funny because I always, you know, when I know we're going to do an album, you know, you know, nine times out of ten, it's already loaded on my phone. Uh, but uh, sometimes I double check because I'll, I'll take off a song I don't like. And sure enough, I, I checked my copy of, uh, of Bark at the Moon on my phone and I admitted this song, so I had to put it back in to listen to it getting ready for this. This is horrible Queen meets ELO. And I'm not the biggest Queen fan. You can tell that by our Queen episodes. But I do love ELO. I love ELO. And I know Ralph does as well. But uh, this is this is a mix of the both of them to me, and it's terrible. Uh, I hate Ozzy ballads. And, and, man, there's always that Ozzy fucking ballad. And it, to me, it's always the lowest part of the fucking album. You know, you didn't have that shit as much... Uh, with Sabbath, and, and even when it was a slower song, it was more almost what you would call a dirge, you know, like a funeral dirge than a fucking ballad. And and this is terrible. I, there is one part in the song that I do like, and it's like uh, it, 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 right after the solo, it's like, and I sit and wonder why. And I, I, I like that part up, you know, you were with me tonight. That part I do like, and I think Ozzy sounds good vocally actually i think this this whole album is some of some of ozzy's best vocals not necessarily the best songs but his vocal performance on the whole album is incredible and i actually agree with that and he sounds incredibly vocally on this song i just don't like the structure and even if you listen to the guitar on this it sounds nothing like the rest of the album it sounds nothing like jakey e. lee it sounds very much more like brian may than fucking uh jakey e. lee and, and I respect Brian May. I respect Queen. I'm just not a, a huge fan. And I've, I've also, you know, I've read and heard a lot that a lot of fans were turned off. That, you know, there was only two singles released off this album. You know, of course, the first was the title track, which, in my opinion, is a great video. Sorry, Ralph. I love that video. It's yeah, so, thank you. Thank it, you, Holla. It's so cheesy. It's awesome. But then they did this video, which is just like... Is tired as the fucking song. 
You know, and Ozzy was injured in the video when there was the break in the glass, a glass went in his eye, and apparently glass went in his ear, too, because he released it as a fucking single. Uh, but yeah, they said, they said there was, uh, you know, fans were bitching that this was released, and, and I don't blame them. And, uh, yeah, this just does nothing for me. I don't believe it was ever played live, and, uh, and thank God, thank God, because this is just like, <laughs> But, uh, you know, we always got to do Counterpoint here. And I know Ralph enjoys this song. So I'd like to hear why Ralph enjoys this song. I fucking love this song. But before I go into the song, what you brought up, that when they did the video, what happened was a piece of glass went in his throat. Oh, was it throat? I and, it, it was and, and it caused the cancellation of the show I saw. For oh, many, okay. I, I, didn't see my, I didn't see the Bark of the Moon tour until 1984. Because a piece of glass went in Ozzy's throat, fucked up his voice, and and I, I, I think it was like when what what month was Bark of the Moon released? It was released in November. It was at the end of '83, as it was. Okay, I gotta check my ticket. I don't think it was that late in '84. It might have been like March or April, but well, I know I know it was uh, postponed because of that video. Uh, let, let, let me ask you, Ralph. Who did you? And I think we touched on this in another episode, but I can't remember. Who, who was drumming when you did get to see this tour? Aldridge. Tommy okay, Aldridge. It yeah, was not Carmine, no. Yeah, yeah, because Carmine started the tour, and then they got, I mean, Tommy Aldridge played on the album. This is the only studio album, by the way, Tommy played on. Uh, I believe but, I believe Aldridge only played, I mean, um, uh, Carmine only played on the European tour, not the American tour. I could be... Okay, I'll have to check. I thought he played a little bit longer than that, but I could be wrong. But, uh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, because I definitely wanted to ask you about that, who you saw drumming. Yeah, I mean, there is that Dusseldorf or whatever, that German concert that you can right. see on YouTube right. that does have uh, Carmine. But, no, no, I, I believe the whole tour in the States was uh, was uh, Aldridge. And uh, there is, it was filmed on the Salt Lake City show. And that's exactly the same exact yeah. show. Same I exact show. Yeah, it's the same damn show. And So Tired was played when the show was over. That was like the song they would play while you were walking out. Um, I love this song. Uh, it was also lip synced on Solid Gold. Wow. Yeah, that... you can see that on YouTube, I think. I know I have it on VHS. I'm sure it's probably on YouTube. But they did do Bark at the Moon and uh, So Tired on Solid Gold. Uh, lip sync both of them. Uh, yeah, I do not know. I do not think it was ever played live. I do remember my buddies giving me shit back then for liking this song because everybody hates this song. I love okay. it. Yeah, they should. Well, they should have. Well, well that, that that's another thing I wanted to ask you. I mean, because you, I mean, you were right there in the thick of it when this was released. Uh, you know, I I have seen the video. But I don't remember it being played like in rotation. It was, it was played quite a bit, yes. It, it, it was? Not as much as Bark at the Moon because as years gone by, they tapered it off. I do recall seeing So Tired on Headbangers Ball once in a blue. It wasn't completely eliminated, but Bark at the Moon was played way more. But, right, when, but when So Tired was new, yes, it was on good rotation. Okay. But, but you, you would agree that that there was kind of like a, uh, you know, a negative feedback to this being the, the second single from the album? I don't recall it being negative feedback, but I do recall all my friends hated it. 
Okay. Except for me. Which, I, means, which means, yes, you recalled fucking negative feedback. The song sucks. Well, I mean, I don't remember, <laughs> you know, I mean, when I think of negative feedback, I think of Kevin Dubrow's mouth, you know, right. um, right. theater of pain. You know, stuff like that had, you know, universal negative feedback where it's so tired. Think, see, here's the thing, dude. At that time, Ozzy was so loved. That even like, oh, I can't stand so tired, but I love Ozzy. You know what I mean? Right. Where Kevin DeBro was such a big mouth that people hated him. People hated Theater of Pain. People hated, uh, you know, uh, Elder. You know, there was there was universal shit that you knew everybody fucking hated at the time. But I don't recall it having like a negative, a backlash to So Tired. Because it was just, it's the ballad on the album where there was no other song other than it. You know, you're no different. That was ballad oh, But I, I I do I do love So Tired and to this day I still love the song. And I actually love the video. I, I, I think the video is hilarious. Funny, the little Hitler part and and all you know but, 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 but you don't you don't like the the Bark of the Moon video, huh? You know why I don't like the Bark of the Moon video? Because I just hate that. Ozzy number one looks way too fat in that video. Like the way he because dressed. he was no he wasn't. Ozzy was yes, not he fat. Was. No he wasn't, dude. He was wearing his big puffy white shirt. Well, he he got he got fatter by you know Ultimate Sin for sure. Yeah, Ultimate Sin. Yeah, well, it's, true story, true story. Uh, but uh, you know that was Ozzy at his fattest actually, Ultimate Sin. Right, but, Ultimate uh, Sin. Yeah, he was porker. Yeah, but but I don't know. I just I mean the video's horrible. But I love horrible videos. I love cheesy videos, but I, I did not like Bark of the Moon because I just felt like I wanted to see Ozzy sing. And you don't, you don't see him sing in Bark of the Moon videos. Right. I don't know. I, I, I get just so tired of it. It looks like a fucking Christmas carol. I know. I like no, I, I, can, I can think he's Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, then you I that, think that got Hunchback and uh, all those different characters, Abraham Lincoln and all that shit. It's just so bizarrely done. But I dug it. I just thought it was cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. All righty. But now, big bushy pussy face. You're not a fan of this, huh? Which what? What are we talking about? So tired. Yeah. Keep oh. drinking. Keep drinking. Keep that. Oh, pay, I... Keep that PayPal account open. Yeah, bitch. What's up? Yeah. So tired. Oh, fuck this song. I am not a fan of this song. Now, I I, I am going to make an admission. I loved it as a kid. But I was a fucking kid, and I was, like, just discovering all this stuff. What? This came out, what, 83? We're talking 87. I discovered it. I loved it back then. You couldn't have told me there was a bad song on this album in 1987. Oh, I hate the fucking keyboards. I hate the fucking strings. I hate the sappy lyrics. Jake Solo, not bad, not great, not bad. I just hate this fucking song. It's like, hey, you know, fucking uh, uh, Randy's dead. I got nothing left, so I'm going to try to redo fucking Black Sabbath Changes. No, you can't recreate fucking Changes. That's a great song. It's a horrible song. I hate this fucker. Delete that bitch. Keep drinking and remember to drink this much when you hear this review again because I do not want you to remember what I think of this song. New shirts on the way. 
for free, for free, because now I just told you. I'm sorry, my internet's going out. What was that? <laughs> yeah, he's a star now. He don't have to pay. <laughs> oh, that fucking song. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, well, wh while your beer is half full, Nate, why don't you go to the next one? Slow down. Oh, God. Fucking, oh. This fucker, so, sorry. <laughs> like it's going to be potentially killer filler. Fucking keyboards. I hear this song. I feel like I'm watching a... Oh. Daniel LaRusso fight montage as he's going against Cobra Kai. Fucking sucks. I hate this song. Sweep the it's, leg. Oh. Sweep the lick! Sweep the lick! Yeah, Johnny! Yeah! Oh, it's horrible! It's everything that was wrong with early 80s, uh, 80s hard rock and fucking heavy metal. I hate this shit. Not even that great guitar solo. Jake, he fucking lays down a great guitar solo. It can't save this cheesy fucking song. And all she makes sure with that stupid fucking keyboard outro. Fuck this song. I hate this shit. You're the best. Ah, it's better than this shit. <laughs> Hate this song. Ah, love it. What do you think, Rob? Who the fuck wrote the melody of this song? Fucking Barney. I love <laughs> you. You love me. Thank you. I tried to tell you time again. I can't stand this fucking song. By far the worst song on the album. Uh, never liked it. I got a little shit for sake because you know my youtube review i bashed this song and boy a lot of people were like dude this song rules and you know who also thinks this song rules fucking jakey lee in an interview a recent interview he, he was talking about yeah i really like slow down and thank god he didn't bring this one to the set list i would have been like fuck instead yeah, he got Pat likes this song too let me tell you the beginning of the song i like right before it kicks in that that guitar sound and the drums sound great intro but then it goes right. into this fucking oh it's really like it, it really does sound like uh like nursery rhyme-ish melody vocal melody which is kind of i mean dude to tell you the truth i think it's the first time ozzy's ever wrote like a real bad vocal melody yeah there's a couple songs like she's gone and and uh well i that's about it actually well yeah i like she's gone i don't like that one i hate that song that's like the worst black sabbath song ever um but but i don't mind the vocal melody on it and uh um i think if you shoot don airy you got a good song here i i i, I honestly feel if you stripped all the keyboards away from the song i don't think it's a bad song yeah journey I, center of return is bad but this the, the melody on this song it doesn't bother me. And and I don't hate Set of Return. It's just not my favorite. There's no song on here I hate. I hate but, Slow Down. I hate. No, yeah. actually, there's another one. God, I, hate. I actually hate Slow Down too, Ralph. I'm with you. There's another one I hate on here too. Now you owe me on PayPal. Hold on, I'm looking for my fucking money. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, I, yeah, no, no, I, I, I see what you guys hate. With that, that that keyboard sound is fucking atrocious. It's oh. real. It's really bad. But when I, when I hear this song and I hear, you know, like Ralph said, I love that fucking intro. 
But uh, to me, what kills it is is the fucking the keyboards. And I wish, uh, you, you know, I mean, there might be a program out there now that I just don't know about. But I would love, like, if there was some way that, you know, you could take albums and just, like, remove all the keyboard sounds. You know, or, like, li- listen, to inju- listen to Injustice and add bass. You, you know? Yeah, exactly. Programs like that, like, I would love, because I think, I think this would be a lot better song, but... I definitely get why people hate this, because those keyboards are fucking atrocious. I just think that there's a good song that you don't hear because of the keyboards. But I, but granted, I mean, I mean, as this song is, as you hear on the album, I totally get the hate. I totally get it. In fact, this song wasn't even on the European version. This was only on the U.S. edition of Bark at the Moon, and I can see why. I mean, it's, and I, I don't know if this was. You know, they thought this was going to keep up with, uh, you know, Quarter Flash or Duran Duran or, you know, Stray Cat Strike. You know, um, but, uh, oh, yeah, it, it, it totally dates the song as well, too. I mean, there's a lot of shit, I think, uh, on the sound that is dated just because of the keyboards. Where, where I, I think on the next album, there's definitely keyboards, but they're lower in the mix. I think Ron Nevinson did a better job of, of lowering them. But then, you know, if you see the live concert, you know, oh, I can't hear shit for the fucking keyboards. But, uh, yeah, I don't hate as much as you guys, but I definitely do understand the hate because Don Airy ruined this fucking song. But, uh, Rath, why don't you take the last track? Uh, tied for my favorite song on the album, uh, Waiting for Darkness is eerie. Never played live. Talk about a deep track. Um, man, that little guitar riff in the beginning is so fucking dark, killer, and it sounds extremely difficult to play. Obviously, because it's never been played live. I don't know what the fuck Jake is doing there, but it's just so good. I love everything about this song. I love how the keyboards drown this song. I don't have a problem with the keyboards on this album. I don't have a problem with keyboards on Slow Down. The thing that bothers me about Slow Down is that vocal melody just kills it for me. The whole fucking vocal melody really fucking bothers me to no end. But this song and the production, I have no problem whatsoever with Bark at the Moon. And Waiting for Darkness is definitely uh, my favorite track along with Bark at the Moon. To me, it's a great bookmark album. Strong beginning, strong ending. It's just, it's just there. And I love Ozzy's vocal. They're just phenomenal on it. I know what you find. It's in your mind. You know, it's just, I love it, dude. And I can tell this is a song that Ozzy probably couldn't perform live. It's, it's very hard, strenuous song for him to sing. But, and I love the theme. I love the title, Waiting for Darkness. I love that shit. You know, it's like. I'm waiting for die. Oh, it's so catchy. It's so perfect. I put this song up there with anything off the first two uh, Ozzy albums. Not better. Shit. Not better, but I would say it equals shit like, you know, uh, well, maybe not as good as Bark, uh, Dying of Mad Men, the song, but it would be as good as. uh, you can't stop rock and roll or tonight or you know shit like that. You know I I, I love I love waiting for Darkman. My favorite track on the album with Bark at the Moon. All right, well I will say Ralph, 
I think that's the best review of a song you ever did. You're spot on. I fucking love this song. Now, this is one where everybody gets it right. Where, where, where Don Arias' keyboards actually add rather than take away from the song. It's, it's just got that feel. You know, like, this is the epic, not Center of Eternity. Uh, this is the epic on the album. Uh, it, what an album closer, too. Like, I've always said in the past, you know, this is a song that leaves you wanting more. And I totally agree with the Waiting for Darkness, because you hear this. And I mean, I mean, I know it's apples and oranges, but to me, it's, it's like the police bring on the night. Like, when you hear this, you want the sun to go down. You want the night to start and, like, all this fucking crazy shit to happen. Oh, man, I would kill to fucking hear this live. Never gonna happen. But, uh, man, it's incredible. And you never hear anybody talk about it. I've never heard anybody talk about this song at all. Even when talking about this album, you hear, you know, you know, praise for the title track, and you hear people talk about songs that they don't like, like Slow Down or So Tired. You know, I've heard people bitch about Center of Eternity. I've never heard anybody mention Waiting for Darkness. I and, could be wrong, but I... There's a fucking reason for that. I could be wrong, but I do recall putting up that song on the, the podcast page and hearing oh, a lot you? of people... Yeah, there were a lot of people. Okay. I, 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 must, I must have missed that post. I do but, remember uh, putting it up somewhere, and a lot of people were like, oh, I love this song, you know? No, I, I, I do agree. I, I, never, I, I never heard anybody dislike this song till Bushyface here. I, I could tell he hates it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to make him wait a little bit and then, you know, let that hate simmer. But, uh, no, I, I, I think this shit is perfect, and I totally agree with what you said. I would put this up with anything off the first two albums. You know, yeah, yeah. of course, nothing will ever top uh, the epicness of, of the title track of Diary. But, uh, but to me, this is just as good and... Like I, to reiterate, everybody nails it on this. You know, you know, drumming, bass playing, guitar, vocals, keyboards, everything fits perfect, and and the, you know, and the production as well. I think this is worthy of the first two albums. Where the rest, even the songs I like, uh, I don't think sound as good as the first two albums, but and specifically Diary. But I, I can see why he switched producers after this album. Because but, and, you know, another you, you make a good a valid point because none of this album really sounds like the first two Ozzy albums. It's, it's different. It's a different vibe. This right. one does. This one does hark yeah. back to the first two Ozzy albums, I think. Right. But now I would like to hear from a man who thinks Sammy Hagar is cool That's right, to explain yeah. why this song is bad. All right. You know what I'm going to do? What I'm going to do... Uh, I'm gonna do something no one ever does. I'm gonna fucking note for note what I wrote down. I like the hi-hat and bass intro, but then those keyboards come in, you can hardly hear Jake's riff. Again, I got the 2002 fucking remaster, so who knows? Which is only playing the same thing that the keyboards are playing. It's the exact same fucking riff. The bridge, horrible. The keyboards are fucking strings again. Best part of that section is the drums and bass. Solo, that's actually kind of eerie. I dig it, but I hate the keys in the background and the fucking strings. It doesn't work the way Diary of a Madman did. Although I could hear this song in a stage fucking musical. 
not as epic as Ozzy may have thought it was going to be. But the sad part is, I fucking love the lyrics to this track. I think it's a horrible way to end the album. It's a great fucking Adam Lambert fucking playing for Queen song, but it's not a good fucking Aussie ending. I want to hear a great epic Aussie fucking song on every album he does. I want to hear a Diary of a Madman. I didn't get that. I hate it. I think it's fucking garbage. So really? let me let, let me ask you, what what's a better song, uh, this or Your Love Is Driving Me Crazy by Sammy Hagar? And and, oh, and we're not we're not talking about the superior Rick Springfield version. Good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sammy, you're you're wrong. <laughs> okay, listeners, case closed. That's right. Oh wait, wait, wait. Let's just let's just like rub salt in the wound. Uh, Nate, uh, what do you think of VOA again? It rules. Okay, there you go. There you go, listeners. All right. All right, well, that is the end of the regular album. And uh, one thing we talked about earlier is the different track mix. What you've heard us talk about is what us in the colonies got. But in Europe, it started out, track one was Rock and Roll Rebel, two was Bark at the Moon, three, you're no different. Uh, ended the first side with Now You See It, Now You Don't. Uh, side two started out with Forever, which is Center of Eternity. Then So Tired, then Wait song. Then Waiting for Darkness. But the European edition does not have Slow Down and ends with uh, the, the first song we were talking about as far as the bonus tracks, which is Spiders. Now, in the European edition, it was just entitled Spiders. But on the remasters... Uh, uh, well, on, on the 95 remasters, it was called Spiders in the Night. And then when they did the 2002, it just went back to being called Spiders. But uh, Big Bush and Pussyface, what do you think of Spiders? Spiders don't scare me. If you're a man that's scared of spiders, you're a fucking pussy, grow a beard to grow your balls. The bass line in this song is definitely wicked cool. Drums, not bad. Keyboards are kind of subtle, until you get to the solo, or the solo, and then it's right there. They're all in your face. Why not just let Jake go off? You have, what, 30, 45 seconds or to a minute of keyboard solo, and then 20 seconds of Jake. I don't like it. It's cool. It's very 80s. It's way too short as far as Jake's solo goes. It's not bad. It's not great. But this is probably what assured that the radio would be playing fucking Bark at the Moon. All right. Ralph, what do you think of Spiders? Um, th- now, this was an elusive track to me when I was a kid because I knew about it, but I never heard it. And I've always wanted to hear the song. It took forever for me to hear it. And uh, I think I, I think the first time I ever heard it was the internet age. when I remember, You guys remember Audio Galaxy? You remember that shit? No, no, I was. Oh, like, uh, was like a I were way younger than you. I was a Napster guy. <laughs> Audio Galaxy was after Napster, and it was way superior because Audio Galaxy, dude, Napster, I couldn't even find spiders on. But I found that on Audio Galaxy. Finally heard it when I first heard it. I was like, what the fuck? I waited all this time to hear this because I was so disappointed. Number one, it doesn't sound like an Ozzy song. It doesn't sound like anything on this album. It is just, it's almost like bluesy. 
And I hate it. I hate this song. I still hate this song. And, you know, but but the funny thing is, is I don't think I like Slow Down more than this either. I think they both suck. So, uh, you know, uh, it's like, uh, damned if you don't, damned if you don't. Uh, if I lived in England, I'd still be fucked without having Slow Down uh, and having this clunker. Uh, I think both those songs are horrendous. I uh, don't like Spiders at all. All right. Well, we Spiders differ. in the Night was what it was. What I remember the title was back in the eighties. Right. Uh, well, I couldn't disagree with you more. I absolutely love it, and I love how different it is. Definitely take off. I'd rather see So Tired off and this put on. Slow. Uh, I like it better than So Tired. Uh, so Tired. I like it better than uh, fucking Center of Eternity. I like it better than Slow Down. Uh, I, I think it would have fit perfect. I don't know where I would put it, like, in the mix in the set list, but I definitely think it would add something that was uh, a little bit different because you do have songs like, uh, you know, you know You're know, you No Different Rock and Roll Rebel where everything's, like, kind of the same and it sounds like you, you're hearing lesser versions of songs you already heard. I think this was original. And uh, I, I, I just love Jake's guitar, that... Uh, I fucking dig it just for the different factor. I think it would have added something uh, to the album, something a little bit uh, abstract, and uh, I think it would have been great. But, uh, Raph, why don't you talk about the one that was the B-side to uh, Bark at the Moon, one up the B-side. You know, funny thing you mentioned this, because um, about six months ago, I was at a one of this store called CD Trader. They have a lot of used CDs and stuff. And I saw a Bark at the Moon CD there that had one up the B-side on it. And I was like, holy shit. So I bought it. Because I, I, I have it on vinyl and I have it as a download, but I don't have it actually on a CD. So I wonder... Well, 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 is that the one that has spiders as well? I believe so. Yeah, so you, that that is the 2000 remaster. So then I should listen to it to see here are the solos all cut up, right? That's right. the one that has... Okay. So that I'll is check a it out. 2000 remaster. Because yes. I did listen to one up the B side, and I didn't notice a difference. Maybe I should listen to it again. But... I, I I don't think the, the bonus tracks were fucked with it. Okay. Just the, a, re, a remix of, of the regular album. All right, then I got to listen to that whole thing. See, I wasn't even aware of that. And I have it. I actually have it. Uh, one up the B side. Amazing song. First time I heard this song, and it uh, was on WSHE, The Metal Shop. Uh, there was a uh, syndicated show back in the day called Metal Shop where they had this thing. It was a tribute to Randy Rhodes, which I still have that cassette to this day. I recorded it. I still have it. It has interviews with George Lynch and all that shit. Well, when the show was over, the DJ on Metal on, on WSHE down here said, I have a rare Ozzy song with Randy Rhodes that was never released. And he played one up the B-side. And I and it's on the same cassette, and I was like, dude, that does not. That sounds like Jakey Lee. That doesn't sound like Randy. I mean, no internet back then. No, no way of finding a B-side. You know this and that. It wasn't until I met Jakey Lee on the Badlands Google Highway tour I found out it was him because that was the one thing I said to him. I said, Jake, that's you on one up the B-side, right? He goes, Yeah, that's a great song. I forgot about that song. Like, wow, man, yeah, because this DJ over here said it was Randy Rose. He goes, no, no, that's a B-side to the Park at the Moon single. And I've always had it on cassette, and I've always wanted it. 
And uh, I did end up finding the B-side, I mean the single for Bark of the Moon, on a mail order catalog, and I bought it through the mail, and I still have it to this day. And one of the B-side to me is one of the greatest fucking Ozzy songs, period. Um, I, if it was on the album, I, I'd say it's tied with Waiting for Darkness and Bark of the Moon. I fucking, it's a fun song. I love the riff. I think it's just a, an exceptionally great song and probably the greatest B-side title to a B-side. You know what I mean? It's fucking, I love it. One of the B-side fucking rules. One of my fa- all-time favorite Ozzy song is one of the B-side. There you go. That's what I think. All right, Big Bushy, what you think? The music isn't great. I'm, I'm, uh, it's not great. But it's not horrible. The solo is pretty killer, actually. Although at one point in the beginning, I thought it sounded kind of... Jake was kind of fucking lazy. But then it got really good. He started hitting those fucking high notes up on the high you know, part of the neck. It was actually kind of cool. I actually dig this song. I think it would have been better on the album than fucking Slow Down. This should have been... Yeah, one of the B-side, replace Slowdown. Fuck Slowdown. Great song. Well, I, I agree with you there. I think it could have easily replaced, you know, the three songs that I said Spiders could have replaced. Uh, amazing. I love the groove on this, too. And this is another one to me that, uh, you know, would sound out of place on the album, but not in a bad way. And I don't know if... I just think it sounds out of place because I'm so used... You know, I grew up with this album since 1986. You know, uh, but I absolutely love it. I love Jake's guitar, and it, it to me it's a totally different sound and totally different vibe from him. But it works, absolutely works, and I think it's probably the greatest uh, Ozzy B side that I ever heard. And you know, Ralph talks about how uh, you know, like how he found spiders and stuff. You know, that's kind of how I found one of the B side was on Napster. And somebody put a collection together that was all, uh, you know, Ozzy rare tracks, and and they called it one of the B side. And, and and I, and I found that, and I was like, oh wow, this is good. You know, a lot of the B sides that I heard, like you know, like that whole like party with the animals and you know crap like that. Uh, you know, just like, oh yeah, I see why this was left off. I see why this was left off. And then I was like. Whoa, this this is fucking good, you know. I love Party with the Animals. Really good, really? Yeah, I love that song. It. And Don't Blame Me, I love them both. Yeah, didn't, didn't care I for I like it. them for a lot more better songs than on No More Tears, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, oh, I, I think there's tons of filler on No More yeah, Tears. Yeah, No More Tears has a few songs I really don't now, like. Now, the, the title track is overplayed, it is, it is. I think that's the closest he ever got to fucking Sabbath, dude. I, I never get tired of No More Tears. There's a lot of Have you guys heard the uh, Black Label Society yes. cover of, of uh, No More Tears? Yes, yeah. it was released on the second pressing of uh, Sonic Brew, which I have the first pressing, which I found out through Ian is very rare now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the original cover, yeah, you know, yeah. with, the, with the bottle. Yeah, I, I've actually got a uh, uh, what the fuck you call it when you send out to DJs to play the fucking promo. music on the radio. Promo copy. Promo. Yeah, I've got them doing the Wizard Sonic yeah. Brew. Yeah. Fucking uh, 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 
I've heard it's all right, but to me, you, you can't touch the, the original. Wizard, the Wizard's actually Pride and Glory. Right. Is that Pride and Glory? That's because yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. What about Come Together? Because I'm that's, sorry. Uh, I, that's Pride and Glory. I am not that's, a, yeah, that's Pride and Glory. That's Pride and Glory because that piano and him singing that shit, that's the best thing I've ever heard him done. Yeah, that, that, that that's a good one. Yeah, hands down. I'm like, I don't like the Beatles, I, I, you know, I, as a rule, but holy fuck, listen to Zach Wilde do well, goddamn that, that, that come together. That makes sense. You, you like Sammy Hagar, but you don't like the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. that, that, Absolutely. Now, now, I don't now, like the Beatles. Like Stones are better than that. Yeah. I, I don't like the Beatles, but I, I hate waiting for darkness. Okay, now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should have known. Y'all asked me on here. Just, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know what you're getting into. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God. I, I tell you, the one I was most disappointed, I, I know we're veering off here, the, the Zach, uh, Zach Wilde cover that broke my fucking heart, though. I know what you're going to say. Was Junior's Eyes. Junior's Eyes. And I, I agree 100%. I do not One of, one of my all-time, all-time favorite Sabbath songs ever. And I thought, like, Wow. He is going to do something Me special. Too. I thought, oh shit, he does Junior's Eyes. This is going to rule. Oh, it was yeah. horrible. It was yeah. horrible. You know, you know yeah. like, like, uh, Zach's version of, uh, what, what's a, uh, it was a, a hidden track on Mafia. The, uh, the Leonard Skinner song he does. Oh shit, I got to check. Oh, uh, is it, uh, Don't Ask Me About Fishing? Uh, uh, dreams, uh, dreams I'll never see, or something. No, that's that's uh, Almond yeah. Brothers. Yeah, Almond Brothers. Um, uh, oh, I uh, never dreamed. I never dreamed. Yeah, I never dreamed. Yeah. I, his version is a quadrillion times better. Oh, than I would, I would than that part. Oh yeah, it's times. It is good. I'll oh, tell oh. you the best cover he's ever done, Zach Wild, and it's on none of his albums. I don't even know where the fuck it's from. It's uh, his version of, and I don't think it's better than the original, but his version of going to California gives me chills. It's amazing. I don't know where the fuck that's from, but I got uh, it. Uh, shit, I want, I want to say I got it too. It's, I got it from some download. It's a studio, him doing, it's, it, it starts off kind of like the version, you know, acoustic-y, but he, he does a twist to it, and it's he sings so good on it. Another great cover he does, but he never recorded it, but you can hear it live, is Coming Home from uh, Leonard Skinner. And he does it with Leonard Skinner, uh, acoustically. They all, it, you can see it on, uh, on YouTube. It's professionally shot. It's him with stools, Tom Kiefer, Leonard Skinner, and Brett Michaels, believe it or not, sitting there. And, and he Okay, does so what Coming, coming Home? home. What coming home song is it? Skinner coming home yeah, or fucking yeah. Cinderella coming home? No, Skinner. And you know, while it was released in November '83, you know, I think most people would agree this is part of the incredible year in metal that was 1984 because that's when it really blew up. And you had I mean, some... the, the 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 last great year of traditional metal in right, right, and and I mean, so many landmark releases, and this is considered one of them. Um, it went gold shortly after its release in the U.S., but as of, uh, let's see here, uh, 2000, it's now triple platinum. Nice. But it, it was a, a very big seller for Ozzy, and probably 
the height, uh, I would think, of the Aussie mania in the 80s. I think even more so than uh, than Ultimate Sin, even though Ultimate Sin was big. Oh, no, you're on dog food. You're wrong. No, no, I, I, I think this was bigger because, <laughs> I, you know, he did, you know, while there was a lot of people there for Ultimate Sin, he did lose some people with that, but... This was like dirty Ozzy, like dangerous Ozzy, like Ozzy biting the fucking bat and everything. Like that shit happened just prior to the release of this. Oh, there was all these. I think this was pussy Ozzy. He's like <laughs> bowed down to Sheridan, and fucking Randy's dead. Oh. Ultimate Sin hurt Ozzy a lot. I, I'm, I'm not saying this is better. I, I believe Ultimate Sin is a better album. Than this. I'm, yes. I'm. Thank I'm, you. I'm saying. Not even close. I'm saying as far as notoriety and, and like the mania surrounded Ozzy Osbourne, I really think the Bark at the Moon tour was was probably the, the peak in the 80s as far as like, wow, he's the most dangerous yeah, guy. He was, no, but look, look, when Ozzy was touring Ultimate Sin, most people were going for Metallica. Most people were there for Metallica. Right, that's why I'm saying I enjoy Ultimate Sin better, but I mean, Ralph, you were there. Wouldn't you agree that there was just surrounding Ozzy on the biggest. Ozzy lost a lot of respect with the hardcores for Ultimate Sin. I was there. I was one of them. A lot of us were like, oh, fuck Ultimate Sin. This is fucking garbage. We all thought it was fucking garbage. And then, and you got to remember, this is when Metallica, Slayer, and all this shit was coming in. I'm talking the older kids, you know, like, you know, my age. We all were like, fuck Ultimate Sin. I still went to go see the show because Queensryche opened and it was Rage for Order. I mean, Metallica already left the tour by the time I saw it. But uh, I got to admit, it was a great show, though. Ozzy was great. I did enjoy the show. Queensryche was phenomenal. That, that, that's another thing I want to ask you about, because you saw both this tour and the Ultimate Sin tour. When you saw them live, do you remember the sound being that drowned out by the keyboards as it is on that, that, that Ozzy home video? It was not. It was not. The okay. keyboards were not drowning shit out when I saw yeah, it. way better. I think it was, I think if that, I want keyboards, I want Europe. I think that, that home video was a lot of studio shit, too. Right, right, because because like I said, I down I tried watching it. I think it was after you know you and me did the the Ultimate Sin episode, and I like I said, I remember they used to show that on MTV all the time. But going back and watching, I was like, ugh, oh, this sounds terrible. So, and I love the songs, but I mean, it was just the 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 mix was almost unlistenable. But it was very 86, 87, whenever that was released. You know, what, what was that called? That video, the Ultimate Ozzy. Ultimate Ozzy, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, well, by the time I saw it, you know, they didn't play Ultimate Sin that night. How weird, huh? Right. They didn't play the Ultimate Sin, uh, though they do. I actually have a video. See, here's the thing about the Ultimate Ozzy home video. They don't play the Ultimate Sin live on it, but they, they play the video. Right. But MTV aired it with a live version of Ultimate Sin. And I still have it on VHS, so I actually do have a live recording of uh, Ozzy doing Ultimate Sin Live, which is rare. And I also have him lip-syncing it on some short-lived late-night TV show uh, that was hosted by a guy from Britain that was here on ABC competing with The Tonight Show. It didn't last long. Ozzy was on there doing the lip-syncing to the song Ultimate Sin, which I also have on video, which I should upload on YouTube. I I bet you that shit on YouTube. It was very short-lived, but uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy the Ultimate Sin Tour. I gotta admit, I mean, I went to it. I wasn't a fan. I, I still didn't like the songs live. I like Secret Loser now in retrospect because I went back and did a review of the album. And uh, I was like, wow, you know, Secret Loser is a really cool song. I, I Yeah, it rules. I ended up, I ended but, up liking it. But the rest but of you, it, I you, don't, you, don't, you, you don't like Never? That, that's like almost my favorite song. No, I don't. I like the that, guitar playing on it. I don't like shit like that, dude. It's too romper room for me, man. Okay. And you know, thank God for the time. And those keys. Yes. Are, oh, oh my rules. God. It's it's tedious. Right. With that little high keyboard during it, like. Well, like I said, I I think it's because you know I think the difference in opinion is you know mine and. and Pussy faces age. Yeah, you guys you know, didn't have hair on your balls. But you know, it, it, it's it's like you said. Uh, you know, if uh, if Point of Entry came the, out, it, it, you exactly. know, a few if, years later, you would have hated it. Exactly. If you guys knew what the smell of pussy was, you wouldn't like the Ultimate City. Yeah. No, I've only smelled uh, Bushy Faces beard. And that smells like you. Yeah. It smells like a it smells like after a Thrasher died concert. <laughs> Oh, gay? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Well, big bushy pussy face, since you are a special guest, why don't you talk about your multiple picks of the week? Right. Yes. Uh, I don't even know how the fuck this happened. I'm just assuming they're never going to fucking invite me back, so fuck them. My first pick of the week is Chris Rhea. The road to hell. What you have to understand is you have to imagine Dire Straits meets Leonard Cohen meets David Ray Vaughn. It's very bluesy, great vocals, great fucking bass lines. It's just an all-around cool fucking album. It's from 1989. I I know that name. Who did he play with? He never played with anybody. He's done his own thing. Oh, okay. Maybe I just heard him that way. The name sounds familiar. Yeah, Chris Reed, he did that shit. Uh, 1989 is actually his 10th album. I love the blues. I actually listened to a podcast. What is it? A week or so ago, you guys fucking released this shit where Ralph's bitch about everybody fucking played the blues and, you know, and that's what they were fucking getting known for. I'm sorry. If you don't like the blues, you cannot like rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. You gotta respect the blues. I like, I like, I like the blues. I just didn't like when cock rock bands did it. Didn't sound genuine to me. Hey, don't cut them off. I I like this because big bushy pussy face is getting like Bill Wang ass drunk and angry. Speak yeah, the truth, yeah. brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, like Cinderella. Blues yeah. face fucking rock and roll is yeah. the best rock and roll that it was yeah, ever yeah, fucking I, invented. I agree. Johnny Winter. Fuck Johnny Winter. Who Fuck the, Johnny Winter. Oh, forget you. <laughs> Don't buy my shit. I want you to stop fucking listening to Thrush Guy. Fuck you, butchy face. Fuck you. Fuck Johnny Winter, but oh, oh, it's okay for Warren to sing the blues. Fuck you! Hey, Ralph, Ralph, there's a three-day hold on the money. That's true. Be nice. Hey, 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 Ralph, Ralph. I actually fucking love Johnny Winter. Uh, Fuck, man. Seriously. Oh, you gotta love the blues. Fuck Johnny Winter. What the fuck? 
that's like saying you gotta love heavy metal. Fuck Black Sabbath. Right. But that's what I'm saying. You gotta love Chris Free. The Road to Hell. Fuck the pussy. Hey, hey, shut the fuck up, bitch. I gotta go leave Gersh's foot on you. Shut up. (laughs) I'm trying to talk about this album. It's uh, Chris Free, The Road to Hell. It's his fucking 10th album. It's super bluesy, super fucking dire straits. It's. Man, Leonard Cohen voice sounding. It's an awesome album. Dude, I'm fucking drunk. All right, what's your other pick? Hey, shut up. I'm not talking about this one then. <laughs> okay, my second pick is something that Ian hates, and you know what? Fuck him because it's awesome. I am, I am not a fan of death metal at all. I hate it. Cannibal Corpse, suck my dick. I don't care. I don't care. Amon, Amar, Yom's Viking. This is, I'm sorry, if you if you look it up on a, a, a Wikipedia or whatever, they call it melodic death metal. What they mean to say is they have Iron Maiden type awesome music with a singer that is death but you know death light it's awesome it's a concept album i actually picked up this album yum's viking i picked up this album because it had a killer cover i haven't done that since like 1989. it's wicked heavy it's a cool story the death vocals fuck you you can hear them you can understand them you can hear what they're saying it's a great fucking album a modern marth goddamn chris reed if you love the blues if you love death meet up check them out it, it sounds like johnny winter only it sucks <laughs> i think i think you like him because you have the same beard as them <laughs> it's like if johnny winter was 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 born in a mansion <laughs> All right, okay. what, what, it's like if Johnny Rimmer, Johnny Winter shared a room with fucking Ricky Schroeder on Silver Spoon. <laughs> a couple of silver spoons. All right, what's your third pick? I know you got something else. No, really, that was that that, that was it. All right, all right, Ralph, what is your pick of the week? All right, I got it right here. I had to go to my bedroom and grab it because I did. I did. I don't know if I discussed this on a prior episode, but I did talk about being about it. There's a guy, and actually, technically, the, I, I always uh, point to uh, uh, podcast as my main inspiration to start a podcast, which is true, but there was a podcast I would listen to before podcast, and uh, it's called Shockwave um, uh, Hard Radio uh, with uh, Bob Nalbamian, who, uh, I no, I, I mean, I was a really big fan of his podcast. I still listen to it. He would have, that guy gets great guests, like John Bush and shit. And, um, and I remember like, you know, I, w- uh, I won some CDs and I sent them a Thrash and I CD and he loved it and he praised it. But anyway, he just released a bunch of DVDs and there's a third, uh, a, a third one coming out that I pre-ordered, should be coming out soon. It's called Inside Metal, a uh, feature documentary on the LA scene. And this is not only the, the cock rock bullshit, this also has fucking the 70s 
like, like Van Halen, Angel, you know, and a bunch of like obscure type bands that are great. But then, you know, you got uh, Y&T and then like later on, the Quiet Riots and the Armored Saint, Metallica, you know, and all these bands are on this documentary. You get, you know, you get interviews from Armored Saint and Lars Ulrich and Dave Menachetti and Don Dokken and, you know, it's just an array of people. And it's really great stories on all these bands. And uh, I really did enjoy these documentaries thoroughly. And there's a... Uh, there's two volumes so far, uh, Pioneers of LA, and um, I got one and two, and I can't wait to get three. He's coming out very soon. So that's my pick of the week, DVDs this week. And uh, and I also picked up Johnny Winter, too, whatever he did. <laughs> All yeah, right. Fuck Johnny Winter. Can I redo mine? <laughs> get it, get it, go ahead, Ian. Well, my pick, uh, I- I'm following with the blue. And uh, mine is uh, a live album by a band who used to be very bluesy, and that's Whitesnake. And uh, this is a live album called Live in the Heart of the City. Love it. Released in 1980. Uh, there's a deluxe edition that I, I totally recommend. It, it has multiple concerts. You know, the original has uh, two nights from June of 1980, and there's a, a deluxe edition that also has... Uh, live from the Hammersmith in November of 1978. Uh, absolutely amazing, pure David Coverdale. Uh, even though I like later day White Snake when it went a little bit yeah, rock rock, uh, I, I really, really love like the old, uh, you know, the Mick Moody, Bernie uh, Marston era uh, of, of, of White Snake. Also has the great John Lord on keyboards. Um, Ian Pace on drums. Well, on the 1980 recordings, is Ian Pace. Neil on, Murray was even back then. Yeah, yeah, Neil Murray on bass guitar. And on the 78 recording from Hammersmith, it's Dave Dahl. But uh, this, to me, is pure, unadulterated David Coverdale. Like, really what I think he feels in his heart. And, like, you know, him being true to who he is. Very bluesy, very in the vein of... Uh, uh, and I hope this doesn't come across as bad, but Bad Company. You know, that yeah. that kind of uh, blues rock, very pure, very, you know, out of the box for the time it came out because, you know, we're talking late 70s, early 80s. Uh, this was definitely different than what, you know, you were getting from the new wave of British heavy metal. Uh, but it, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, Coverdale sounds amazing on this. The guitar is very uh, Johnny Winter-esque. Uh, but, uh, yeah, check it out if, you, if you're a fan of Whitesnake. And I, I really want to get people who only know Latter Day. Check this shit out. If you really love David Coverdale, I think you'll like it. Live in the heart of the city, that is my pick of the week. Walking in the shadow and of the remember, blues. remember, oh. Robert Plant sucks Coverdale's dick. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm Robert sorry, Plant like I said, that again. Robert Plant sucks Coverdale's so really, You don't like Zeppelin either. <laughs> you, you, don't like Zeppelin, you don't like Zeppelin and the Beatles. But I he, like Zeppelin. I don't but, like... But he Beatles. loves Sammy Hagar. It's yeah, Sammy yeah you, know, you, you like Sammy Hagar, but, but, but Robert Plant sucks. Well... Compared to, 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 compared to David Coverdale? Yeah. Well, Robert... Plant sucks Coverdale's dick. Well, but 
you got to remember that that his his first concert was Kiss. His second concert was Robert Plant opening up for Sammy Hagar and the Wabaratas. Yeah, and the Wabaritas rule. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, let's go on to Fan of the Week. Don't drink, kids. Yes. And Fan of the Week, and I, I hope she only gets to hear this part of the show. Yeah. But Fan of the Week this week, because Ralph said... Uh, you know, to keep that money coming in, we had to do this. Fan of the week is Lady Atchison. Yeah. And oh shit! This little girl loves PayPal. 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 <laughs> this little girl loves this show, loves Doctor Fuck. Uh, you know, this is something. You know, uh, Nate actually lets his daughter listen to a lot of our episodes. I don't know if that's going to hold you liable in court. Yeah, don't judge me. <laughs> but. She is a fan of this show, absolutely loves Ralph, and I hope she gets to hear this, and I hope it makes her cry in a good way. Lady, you are our fan of the week. All right, lady. Yeah, my favorite fan of the week so far is Lady. There you go. Love it. All right. Well, let's get into the plugs, shall we? All right. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting Podkissed, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your Podkissed. Every month, Podkiss crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulik, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sims Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans and cult movie fanatics alike don't miss an episode of we watched it for you a guide to the lesser known movies of netflix available on itunes or wherever 
you download your podcast. All right, well, if you enjoyed this episode as much as Nate enjoys his beer, come back next week when our special guest is the ghost rider of Bark at the Moon, Bob Daisley. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Daisley joins us to review Osmosis. <laughs> oh, and I, I'm very excited to hear his opinion on the album that even he can't sue about. Wow, yeah, we, we're, we're a double shot of Ozzy this month. Yeah, yeah. well, Bob Daisley, actually, he might be able to sue Ozzy for buying this album. In fact, I think all of us should sue Ozzy for buying this album. Yeah, that's true. We, we should totally all sue Ozzy for that. But that's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.